Let's enjoy today's message by Sam Adiemi. Ultimate resurrection. That's our theme for this month. Ultimate resurrection. John chapter 5, verses 28 and 29, Message Bible. John 5, 28 and 29. Don't be surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son, and they will arise again. Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life, and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. So let me ask you the question, straight up. What happens when one dies? What happens when one dies? So what is the reliable source? Of information on that. So, <laughs> have you died before? <laughs> if you haven't, <laughs> then you have nothing to say, right? So, what's the reliable source of information on what happens after one has died? Is it human experiences? Or what God has said about it, right? But first, before we even discuss that, some people don't like to discuss the subject in the first place, right? So sorry if you're that kind of a person who does not like anybody to mention the word death, you know, death around you. Okay, sorry, some people don't like to discuss it. <laughs> but I'll tell you that amongst us Christians, it's no big deal. Hallelujah. <laughs> A research paper titled The Religious Correlates of Death Anxiety, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis, published in Religion, Brain and Behavior at Oxford University, came to the conclusion that religious people are less afraid of death than non-religious people. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> It was a meta-analysis, okay, of about 100 articles that had been published between 1961 and 2014. Meta-analysis. In other words, you actually gather loads of researches and you mesh the information together. You know what they found? Some of the researches that they considered or that they reviewed showed that... People that are extrinsically religious are more anxious than people that are intrinsically religious. So which means, first, at the first level, they said, <laughs> religious people are less anxious about death than non-religious people. We, we handle death better. We're not afraid of it. We're not anxious about it. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> this is research establishing that fact. Secondly, even amongst religious people, the people that are religious, uh, just because maybe they're trying to fit into the society, oh, it's what everybody is doing, they're doing it because they don't want people to be ashamed, or they're doing it because that's what their parents expect them to do, and so on. People who do the rites of religion, but... In, internally, they actually don't 
adhere in their private lives with <laughs> the tenets of that religion. The, one of the researches established the fact that such people are more anxious about death than people that are intrinsically religious. In other words, people that actually truly believe in God and adhere to his precepts. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> so this is the point. We handle the subject of death better because we are not afraid of death. Let's explore from scriptures some of the reasons why we are not afraid of death. Number one, Christ destroyed Satan's control over death. Hebrews chapter 2 verses 14 and 15, New Living Translation. Hebrews chapter 2, 14 and 15. Since the children are made of flesh and blood, it's logical that the Savior took on flesh and blood in order to rescue them by his death. By embracing death, taking it into himself, he destroyed the devil's hold on death and freed all who cower through life, scared to death of death. <laughs> <laughs> Some people are scared to death of death. But the Bible says here there's a reason why Jesus came down on this planet, took on the form of a human being, because humans were now subject to the fear of death. And Christ came, confronted death. He said he absorbed it into himself. And through that destroyed Satan's control over the subject of death. Christ defanged Satan. Over this dead tissue. You, you know what it means to defang? <laughs> if you are Dracula and you have fangs, not teeth, fangs, Christ removed the teeth, the capacity to hurt with death. Christ took it from Satan. Hallelujah. So the point, therefore, is that for a Christian, Satan is no longer in control of the process of death for us. God is the one that is in control. And because he is absolute love, we have nothing to be afraid of. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Revelations chapter 1, verses 17 and 18, New Living Translation. John the Apostle sees Christ, you know, in a revelation. Hear him. Revelations 1, 7 and 18. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died. But look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and the grave. Hallelujah. So, so this is it, right? Christ actually marched up to Satan and said, Give me the keys. <laughs> Christ is the one in control. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So Christ destroyed Satan's control over death. God is in control. So as far as it is for us, Satan has no part, no lot in it. It is between us and our daddy when we will exit this planet. And we will exit when we are done with our assignment. Amen. Amen. Number two. Not only did he defeat Satan, Christ credited his death 
into your account. In other words, the wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible says. Then Christ took his death and credited it into your account. So, legally speaking, in the spiritual realm, you died. <laughs> when Christ died, you died. Hallelujah. And not only that, when he resurrected, you resurrected. Colossians chapter 2, verses 12 to 15, Message Bible. Colossians 2, 12 to 15, Message Bible. If it's an initiation ritual you're after, you've already been through it by submitting to baptism. Going under the water was a burial of your old life. Coming up out of it was a resurrection. God raising you from the dead as he did Christ. When you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven, the slate wiped clean, that old arrest warrant cancelled and nailed to Christ's cross. He stripped all the spiritual tyrants in the universe of their sham authority at the cross and marched them naked through the streets. <laughs> I feel like shouting, hallelujah, oh my God, woo, woo, <laughs> woo. We, honestly, every single day we should be shouting and screaming when we remember what happened. And this thing is irreversible. It's an irreversible fact of history. Christ destroyed Satan's power on the cross and credited his victory into our account. And the Bible is saying here, his death has been credited into our account. We absolutely have nothing to be afraid of because his victory has also been credited into our account. Satan has no part nor lot in the way we live this planet. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ right now, I bind every spirit of fear. That person who's been afraid, afraid of death, Satan's been scaring you. I bind that spirit of fear and I cast it out in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You can't be shivering when you're supposed to be shouting. <laughs> Number three, why we're not afraid. Number three, Christ commanded us not to be afraid of physical death. Christ actually commanded us not to be afraid of physical death. Matthew 10, verse 28, New Living Translation. Matthew 10, 28. Don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Hallelujah. Be fearless. Be fearless. Why? Because you are not your body. <laughs> you are not your body. You are a spirit that has a soul that is using an earth suit while you are here on this planet. If somebody takes the earth suit, now they can take it if God does not permit them. If God permits them to take the earth suit, we continue to live. Hallelujah. <laughs> Where our spirits and our souls go is eternal bliss, enjoyment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
In Acts chapter 7, some people were so angry, angry about the message of Christ that they stoned, they stoned the servant of the Lord Jesus Christ named Stephen. And while they were stoning him, he was praying for them. Lord, don't let this sin to their charge. Now listen, <laughs> why was he not afraid? Why was he not angry? Why was he not bitter? Because his focus was on God. God was the one who was in control of the process. Even though Satan thought he was, even though those people that were stoning him thought they were. When you read the story very well, you'll be amazed. The person that supervised his killing was named Saul, who eventually became the Apostle Paul. <laughs> Just to show you, Satan doesn't have no last say over nothing. But Stephen said something that further annoyed the people that were stoning him. He prayed for them that God should not lay it. He was showing them love while they were stoning him. Number two, he said, I see the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. What? That annoyed them even further. But look, pay attention to what he was saying. I'm not bothered about what's going on down here. I just saw his revelation. Oh, thank you, Lord. The record we have is that Jesus Christ is sitting at the right hand of God, right? It's in Ephesians 2 and verse 6. But right now, Stephen says, I don't see him sitting. I see him standing. He is standing to give me a hero's welcome into heaven. Oh, they were angry and stoned him, allowing him to go faster, to go enjoy a hero's welcome. Come on. The way God sees is different from the way man sees. We are fearless when you mention this subject because Christ told us to never be afraid of man who only has capacity to destroy the body but cannot destroy also our souls. It's only God that we fear. Hallelujah. We are not afraid because we believe in life after death. We believe. We Christians believe in life after death. Reminds me of an interesting conversation I had with a former doctor of mine in London, a Muslim, by the way. So um, I just went for my annual checkup and he said, oh, well, it's not up to a year since you came last. I said, yeah. He said, you could have delayed it. I said, oh, is it not good to do it? Often he said, no. <laughs> Why? Your health is perfect. Okay, once a year is enough for you. Your health is perfect. He said, look, you can't afford to behave like the people that don't believe in God because they don't believe in God. Then they think this life is all that there is. He said, they live in fear. He said, they literally worship their bodies. And any small thing that happens, they're afraid they're going to die because this life is all they have. And we can't afford to do like that, Okay. <laughs> a Muslim doctor told me that. I said, wow, wow, wow. You see that that confirms the research from Oxford that religious people are less anxious about death than non-religious people. When our earth suit, you know the space suit? Yeah, because the atmosphere 
on the moon or in space does not uh, support the way the normal human body functions. So you have to put that body in a suit that is suitable for that atmosphere. Okay, so your spirit and your soul, when God sent them <laughs> to work on this planet, he gives them an earth suit, right? So your body is your earth suit. And that's why you drop it when you're going to heaven because you don't need it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So the fact that the earth suit expires does not mean that we have expired. We continue to live. 1 Corinthians 15 verses 30 to 34, Message Bible. We believe in life after death. 1 Corinthians 15, 30 to 34, Message Bible. And why do you think I keep risking my neck in this dangerous work? Paul the Apostle speaking. I look death in the face practically every day I live. Do you think I'll do this if I wasn't convinced of your resurrection and mine as guaranteed by the resurrected Messiah, Jesus? Do you think I was just trying to act heroic when I fought the wild beasts at Ephesus, hoping it wouldn't be the end of me? Not on your life. It's resurrection, resurrection, always resurrection, that on the guards what I do and say, the way I live, if there's no resurrection, we eat, we drink, the next day we die, and that's all there is to it. But don't fool yourselves. Don't let yourselves be poisoned by this anti-resurrection loose talk. Bad company ruins good manners. Think straight. Awaken to the holiness of life. No more playing fast and loose with resurrection facts. Ignorance of God is a luxury you can't afford in times like these. Aren't you embarrassed that you've left this kind of thing to go on as long as you have? Isn't that interesting? Some people were pushing some anti-resurrection <laughs> narratives around and Paul says, don't even, don't even stay close to people like that. It's resurrection, resurrection, and resurrection that governs the way we live. He says, then the law of time perspective comes in, isn't it? The longer the time you take into consideration in planning and acting, the higher you rise. So the people that plan only for this lifetime are limited in their scope. Those of us that plan for eternity were better in terms of the quality of our decisions. Amen. Because the best way to prepare for the next life is the way you live is one. Finally, finally, why are we not afraid of death? We have the Holy Spirit. Mm, the Spirit of God. We have the Holy Spirit. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, New King James Version. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. <laughs> the Spirit of God never leaves you the same. Never leaves you the same. Influences you. Influences how you see, how you hear, your perspective to life. And when the Holy Spirit is there, fear cannot be there because the Holy Spirit helps you to see the way God sees. He helps you to feel the way God feels. No wonder Ephesians 5.18 in the Message Bible says, don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God. Huge draughts of Him. When people want to go attack someone and, and they feel fair, what do you think they do? To calm their knives, people take alcohol. There are many people who have gone to fight someone <laughs> and they took alcohol just so that a different character would show within them, different confidence. Am I right? And some people take hard drugs. Right? So, 
The Bible is saying here, you take those things that destroy your body, destroy your, the way your mind functions, you're cheapening your life. You have an alternative. On the day of Pentecost, what did people say when they saw the disciples of Christ? They said, these people are drunk with wine. They were acting out of character. If you want to develop confidence, right? Right? I can tell you that because I'm an introvert who used to be extremely reserved and extremely shy. And I could never have imagined that I would be standing before thousands of people to speak. <laughs> but once I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I gave my life to Christ and was filled with the Holy Spirit. This is it. When I was praying as a student, it would be like somebody played, <laughs> pressed play in my imagination for the video to play. And I would see myself standing before people like this to teach. It happened when I prayed. So I knew it was not the devil, it was God, right? Here I am anyway doing it. <laughs> and some people see me and, and when they meet me outside of here and they find out I don't like to talk, they're shocked. They're, oh, and you're so funny when you're up there and you speak fast sometimes. Thank you. I am under the influence. Anyway, what I try to do is to be under the influence always. And when I'm under the influence, influenced by the Holy Spirit, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Help me to ask your neighbor, what kind of spirit do you have? <laughs> oh, say with me the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to begin to pray in the name of Jesus. I am free. Lord, I thank you for the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you because it's been credited to my account. Thank you because victory has been credited into my account. Go ahead. In the name of Jesus, I want you to pray right now. I want you to pray in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the power, the authority that you've given me through the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, I exercise that power. Yes, the Bible says these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out devils. I want you to do the thing yourself. Every spirit of fear, every spirit of anxiety that is tormenting me, every spirit of doubt, I cast you out in the name of Jesus. I break your power over my life. I will never be afraid again. I'll never be afraid of death again for the rest of my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this moment. Thank you for this anointed moment, Heavenly Father, where we've spoken about you, we spoke about the Lord Jesus Christ, spoke about the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you because your power is present. Your power is present to heal, present to deliver. So in the name of Jesus Christ, I speak with authority and I declare concerning everyone under the sound of my voice, Satan, your power is destroyed. The hold of the spirit of fear is destroyed. In the name of Jesus, torment is destroyed. In the name of Jesus, I prophesy peace in the name of Jesus. Yes, someone, you lost your joy, receive joy back, supernatural joy. In the name of Jesus, and now <laughs> I confront every spirit of sickness and every spirit of disease. I root you out. Go from those bodies. Go from those minds. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. 
engages every cell of the body, every organ of the body. I declare freedom right now. I declare release right now. I prophesy creative miracles right now. Something changes in the bones. Something changes in the organs, in the kidney, in the liver, in the lungs, in the name of Jesus, in somebody's tongue right now, in the name of Jesus, in somebody's eyes, somebody's nostrils right now, on somebody's skin, in the name of Jesus, somebody's scalp on the head. Something changes right now. Receive your healing in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Perhaps a part of this service and you say, you know what? I can't even say I'm a child of God. I'm a sinner. My relationship with God is not okay. I must say that. If you're that honest person, all we've got to do is, Jesus Christ finished the job on our behalf. All we've got to do is to pray together, receive forgiveness from God. And if you're that honest person, can you put your hand on your heart? Yeah, you may be present physically at our service. You may be a part of the service online. You know, can you please put your hand on your heart and say this prayer after me? Dear God, I believe that Jesus paid for my sins. I ask you to forgive me and to accept me as your child. Thank you for hearing my prayer in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone that said this prayer right now. Thank you because the power of your spirit is on them and a miracle just happened. You just remove the nature of sin from them, which is Satan's nature, and put your own nature in there. And the Bible says we become new people when that happens. So, Father, I pray, reveal yourself to them. Let them know you personally. And then teach them to love you and to love other people the rest of their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.